Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast and this week I had an Awesome chat with Stephen Duncombe, who's the founder of Amazon FBA Seller and E-Commerce Meetup Group here in Melbourne. Real mouthful. So be sure to join his meetup group. And Stephen and his wife, Jasmine, have been selling on Amazon since about 2015 after a stint of selling on eBay Australia, where they were trying to sell some cards against humanity, which he'd sourced from a supplier on Alibaba. Anyway, he tells the story better than me, so listen out for that. Now, he's also got his eyes firmly set on having 100 products live on Amazon in the United States by 2022. So we talk about how he's hoping to achieve that goal uh, before considering an exit. Now, uh, some announcements. Don't forget to subscribe to Facebook. We are so close to 1,000 members. So come on, folks, get on there and uh, join our little group. And uh, all you have to do is head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Now, what's really exciting is that the India sourcing trip is only about three and a half months away, and uh, it starts on April the 13th and goes through to the 20th of 2020. It's in New Delhi, so register before January the 31st and save yourself 500 US dollars on that trip. Now, it is an extraordinary trip. I've banged on about it before, and now I've actually been on it. There's no doubt that it is the best sourcing trip that you can possibly join. Uh, God, we had a good time. It's a guided tour. Uh, of the Indian Handicrafts and Gifts Fair in New Delhi. I'm going to be looking at a lot of Christmas-type products this year, so I'll probably be doing some webinars with Megler about some of those uh, ideas that I've already had. I'm doing a lot of research over this Christmas period. be able to find some really unique and interesting products there. Now, you can beat the import duties, these China tariffs. They're, sometimes they're in, sometimes they're out. You can find lots of new supplies for your existing products that you already might be sourcing from China. Uh, and, of course, you can learn everything about sourcing from India and Everything's included. So all your food, your airport pickups, your transfers, the five-star accommodation, even a trip to the Taj Mahal. You'd be crazy not to come and have a really great time with us. So, of course, by the way, if you'd like to save 50% off your first month or 10% off for lifetime access to Helium 10, by far the best set of tools that you need to run an Amazon business, just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Helium 10. So yes, it's an affiliate link, but it's the only way that I can offer a discount. And of course, it does come with free access to Kevin King's Freedom Ticket course, which is normally a thousand US dollars. And I'd argue probably one of the best courses going around at the moment. Anyway, I, as usual, I'm going to stop talking and let's get on to this week's chat with Stephen Duncan. And welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast today. I'm thrilled to welcome Stephen Duncombe from the Amazon FBA Seller and E-Commerce Meetup Group here in Melbourne. Uh, and he, Stephen, holds regular events with that meetup group. And we got in touch with each other the last week or so. And after our conversation, I was absolutely couldn't resist asking Stephen to come on the show and talk about um, all things Amazon quite a lot of experience. So, Steve, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background and how you got selling on Amazon? Yeah, sure. Hi, Chris. Um, 
So it's actually a, something that my wife and I both started um, to look into back in 2014, actually, towards the end of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually looking at importing and exporting and um, <clears throat> started, and I suddenly found out about Alibaba as an opportunity to obtain products, you know, and, and, and get private label products. So it's something that both my wife Jasmine and myself um, started looking for then types of products that we would we could potentially sell private label. But initially, um, before we got into the private label thing, um, we just were looking at, I guess, products that we thought could sell and we were looking on eBay to uh, understand where demand was. Because obviously back then in Australia, um, Amazon didn't exist as you know as a platform where you could sell products on, and right. we didn't know about the US platform in 2014 as an opportunity right then when we first started looking into this kind of space. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> we we looked and you know got a product of <clears throat> Alibaba, which was um, I, I did. I had enough knowledge to kind of check that it wasn't patented or copyrighted or trademarked, all of that kind of stuff, and um, got got this product. It was actually Cards Against Humanity, and um, wow. you know, I checked on their website. It said you can download this for free. You know, you don't. It's twenty five dollars. I think the game was. Um, you can download this for free, and I thought, you know, I thought, well, if I can then find a supplier that can just put it together for me. Uh, you know, over in China on Alibaba, and I'll just sell it, put it on eBay, see what happens. So that's mm. exactly what I did um, back in 2014. And it kind of blew me away, the whole model of like buying something um, from a, a supplier that I'd never met, took a bit of a gamble, sending them some money, um, you know, just on a small initial sample initially, got the samples, looked good, and then placed the bulk order stayed in touch with him made sure that I, I was going to get it and um yeah got it over here in melbourne whacked it on ebay and um yeah flying off the shelves it was december 2014 at that time and right. we were busily having to go to aussie post the Oz post office and drop everything off and we we're like this kind of sucks you know we're selling well but i don't like all this taking stuff to the post office and writing mm. people's names on these labels all the time mm. so we looked into a bit more and that's when we found out about amazon fba and private labeling proper um and then uh, and then that's really how we got started so we then started to look for you know products that we could then private label and hopefully your audience knows what that we mean by private label and um you know we were looking for products that were in demand that could sell and that we could obviously put our unique spin on uh, as our own brand. You know, we look, we've always been from the start looking to build up a brand. I guess that's one of the key things that we were doing when we started. So that was 2015 by this stage that we yeah, were ask, yeah. looking to build a brand. This is before Jungle Scout even existed. There's a lot yeah. of having to work out what's in demand from BSR, bestseller rank on Amazon. Mm. And, um, you know, work things out a bit yourself based on, you know, what's what's the top 100 sellers, what's selling well, what doesn't seem to sell well, what's the hot 
movers and shakers, you know, the the new entrants and all the all that type mm. of thing. So that was that was our guide initially, and then um, yeah, so we we picked a product um, under our brand name, picked a brand name that we're pretty happy with, checked that it was that wasn't trademarked and all that stuff. And um, away we went, selling on Amazon in the US from Australia. At the time, both of us had full-time jobs. My what background doing? Is, I'm an yeah. IT project manager, work for big right. companies like IBM, BHB, Billiton, um, mm. even RMIT University. You know, I was, I, was, I was contracting and my wife was in marketing communication. So we had quite complementary skill sets, yeah. but kind of starting up a business. I'm very much project management focused, team leadership. And um, my wife, Jasmine, she's all around, you know, the marketing and, you know, the, the mm. copy and that kind of thing. Cool. Did you do a course to do, you know, did you go through Amazing Seller Machine or anything like that? No. Or did you just YouTube it or just figure it out? Initially, it was just YouTube. So that what got led me to Alibaba was a YouTube video. Can't remember who oh. it was from about importing. So initially, uh, my focus was importing. It wasn't Amazon. There wasn't loads of videos about Amazon back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was importing, um, I, I got in contact with a couple of guys that were running, um, uh, something around importing. And that was what led us into getting that sorted out into the U S like prep centers and stuff like that. So we were using a prep mm-hmm. center to send all of our products in. We weren't sending directly to Amazon because at the time we really didn't want to, you know, get all the, the issues that we've currently seeing now with all the Chinese sellers on Amazon is that they'll just wisen up to, hey, where are you sending? You're sending it to Amazon, are you? Oh, mm. oh we'll, sell, mm. we'll do the same then, cut you out maybe. That's right. Um, yeah. and, and that was part of our, the whole strategy that we would never send anything direct because we didn't want them to know that that's what we were doing. You know, We didn't yeah. want them to suddenly join the party. But because it's easier just to send direct, you know, we're now flooded with Chinese sellers in on the <laughs> platform, which are, and they're doing a really good job of selling. Yeah, they're getting better. Job. They're definitely getting really good now. They're getting, getting a little scary. It, yeah, uh, that's true. So I'm assuming then that the Cards Against Humanity first product that you launched and Ali, well, Alibaba and launched on eBay was not one of those products that you sent to the United States? No, there's a, yeah. there's a funny story with that one. So I did all the checks with the trademark and everything, saw that I could um, download it. But if you sell that product for commercial gain, mm. you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to create that product and sell it as a commercial enterprise, which obviously we yeah. were doing. Um, so they shut us down on eBay, but luckily say, yeah. we sold all of our, we'd sold out of the stock <laughs> that we bought just about, gave some away right. as Christmas presents to some people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a good lesson to learn because I went back, double checked and I, if I'd have carried on reading a bit further in that page, mm. it said, you cannot sell, you can download it for free and everything for your own personal use, but you cannot make it commercially. Mm. You can't make profit yeah, from it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that was a wow. lesson that we learned early, but it stood us yeah. in good stead for going forward. Well, it gave you a taste, didn't it? it well, it proved the whole model, which was what we mm. got excited about. You know, if we hadn't right. done that, you know, we just did that off our own backs. One YouTube video, I just reached out to some people, um, did did some due diligence on them a bit, was what mm. I thought was right. Um, and luckily enough, they fulfilled the order and we were selling. And so mm. that led us to 
you know, okay, let's take this seriously now because this is actually, you can make some money on this if you do it the right way. That's right. And then, of course, the Australia Post, regular visits to Australia Post are eliminated with uh, exactly. with FBA. or for And that's the thing Amazon. with the yeah. people that sell on eBay. I just don't know how they manage that. Well, they probably use their third-party fulfillment centre. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. the, the benefit that Amazon FBA, as you know, you know, you, it just you can scale to whatever. You know, mm. very scalable. So having a ping then in 2015 on Amazon in the United States, I mean, there weren't that many sellers that particularly overseas sellers. There was a few springing up in Australia. Um, my friend Matt Hodge, myself, I was living in Hong Kong at the time, um, had just launched onto Amazon US. What was your sort of strategy then around what are we going to sell on Amazon US? I mean, you mentioned that, you know, we didn't have Jungle Scout. You were looking at bestseller ranks. You were looking at the bestseller lists. Mm. Um what category, first of all, did you settle on a category to start with and then figure out what the products were going to be within the category or was it more about... No, it was more we the found a product. We, uh-huh. thought, we found a product that we thought we could um, improve enough that it would do well. We th- saw that the competition was reasonable. You know, there's always going to be competition, mm-hmm. but it's just whether you feel you can compete um, mm-hmm. and understanding what the best-selling product was and how we can, like, really make ours an improved version of that what's our unique selling proposition Mm. and you know ideally you you know something that we've learned more over the time is that unique selling proposition has to be visually apparent to anyone that's buying online it can't just Mm. be something that you talk about or that's inherent in the product it needs to be get that click it needs to be visually uh, clearly know, visible clearly visible on that and main image absolutely visually obvious yeah yeah that's yeah. a really really clever and very good tip actually because i think you know some people want to differentiate because of number one it's sort of i've got better marketing i've got better quality it's really hard to define the quality everybody says they've got that yeah um some people also you know sort of throw like a free ebook or something which is just hopeless these days yeah. so i think yeah. you absolutely need to yeah, visually differentiate the product so it's really clear from the main image that this is a, a pretty good option yeah. for them. Um, all right, so we've shipped out. Did you ship lots of products or just one sort of? Well, we started product? with one, then we mm-hmm. quickly went to probably three, and then we've just built up our products over the time, over the years. And um, we, we've got about 20 28, 24, you know, it's between that now. Um, but we've now set ourselves some goals where we want to be getting, we want to hit 100 products in 2021, I believe, uh, 20, 2022, sorry. We've set yeah, a three-year goal to get to 100 products for our current brand. Wow. Yeah. So we and that means churning out three products a month. So I calculated it. So Jasmine yeah. does all of our designs. I said, Jasmine, this is your objective. We, we just had a newborn baby, so it makes it a little bit more difficult for her to find yeah. the time as well. But that's kind of the no main no excuses. Thing. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Tell me, um, how do you manage cash flow then? I mean, you must be rolling um, almost all the profit then back into. Yeah, well, initially the, we were working yeah. we were working full time jobs while we were doing this on the side. So that's why I know that you can definitely do this as a side business and get yourself going, get some momentum, you know, build the brand, 
um, build some, build a few products, and everything that you make, we just rolled it straight back into buying more stock, you know, mm-hmm. and and investing in um, advertising and things like that, sponsored ads. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's all we did, and that and that was yeah. the promise that we said to ourselves: we weren't going to take any money out for anything else. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we were actually pumping more money into it than it was making initially, just so that we could grow it to a level that would give us you know the flexibility that we wanted to if you know down the track so that eventually we could you know potentially live off it yeah it's kind of like any passive income business there's always a lot of work in the front end right yeah so. that's it and you're putting all the <laughs> systems and processes that's it building up the right supplier you know building the relationship mm. with the supplier meeting like one of the key things that we always try to do is build that rapport with our supplier we set up weekly meetings with them where we talk designs we talk about feedback we want them to tell us about new things that they're working on they'll also share with what other clients that they're working with might be Mm. doing or this one sells really well maybe you want to do something like this so mm. that's one of the things after a while you kind of less dependent on <clears throat> on product research tools let's say like jungle scout you start mm. to build a relationship with your supplier and understand that you kind of live and breathe the brand you live and breathe your products and your potential product lines you know or you should know what your competition are at least on amazon and you probably know what your competition is on outside amazon as well because not everyone's mm. necessarily selling on amazon the bigger brands you know that can just stand alone and um, so you look at what they're doing, what they're selling, what they're coming out with as well. Go, okay, what can we do? How can we do something better than even that they're doing, that mm. even the bigger brands might be doing? But can we be more nimble? Can we be more quicker? Can we really get something out faster market that can potentially fix some of the issues that we're seeing in the, these products? So mm. we might go and buy comp- competitors' products, other big brand products, really take them apart. Yeah. understand them, send them to our supplier even, get them to kind of come back with some ideas as well and then we'll we'll put a design around it that's unique to us that we feel then will be complementary to that product, visually different as well, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. also has, you know, maybe another two or three things that are an improvements on something that doesn't quite hit the mark with every customer. Cool. So what's your strike rate then? I mean, are you getting any failed products, products that don't work in spite of all of this work, or did most of the products that you're launching, you know, sort of over the I last I think in year the early there? days, um, we still sell our first product today, <coughs> so that's kind of good. That's good. Um, but what's interesting, that price point for that product isn't a price point now that I would go after. It's too low. Um, we just have it there because it's complementary to our other products and, you know, we don't spend a lot of money on advertising and it'll just sell kind of thing. Mm. Um, whereas we have had some other products that um, were really co- in a competitive, you know, space mm. and we were trying to compete with bigger kind of Amazon sellers, I would say. And, um, you know, it was difficult. In, you know, I'll tell you, well, um, there was another product that's really obvious that everyone's done that was probably our second or third product and we no longer do that, you know. But we mm. were all, we've always been looking. One thing that we try to do is don't always buy from China. That particular product we've got from Sri Lanka and, um, you know, especially with everything that's going on with the, the duty 
and Trump mm-hmm. at the moment going getting stuff into the US. If you can source good quality products outside of China, you're saving yourself a lot of money as well. It's a bit more difficult. You have to kind of build a relationship with them, get samples, and then sending money, you've got to kind of do it outside of trade assurance, which is what Alibaba provides you as an extra security net. But you can use PayPal normally, and you get that escrow service with PayPal. And then over time, you can build up that um you know, positivity that you feel, well, they're going to deliver, they're proper, you know, and then you can start wiring the money direct. Talk to me about Sri Lanka. That's a really interesting sourcing destination, I suppose. So how did you find a Sri Lankan supplier? I did find them. I find all of our suppliers on Alibaba initially, mm. but I don't just stick to the Chinese ones. I'll look outside yeah. and I really dig into, like, the details on Alibaba around the supplier. Are they assessed? If, you know, most suppliers are assessed in some way. All the Chinese ones are assessed by, um, I think it's SGS, which is like Alibaba's preferred inspection company, whereas um, they have third-party independent inspection. People go out and assess suppliers independently in the other countries. And it's just kind of digging through all of that company details on the Alibaba page, reaching out to them, ideally getting them on Skype, getting them to even video chat you around their factory, show you, you know, they might go to some shows, exhibitions, that gives you extra confidence that they're a real business, that they're taking themselves seriously, you know, understand the production capacity, their employees, you know, how many big clients that they deal with and do they have enough production capacity for you and your forecasted growth, which is another key thing that you need to think Mm. about. So do you, with your first products then, do you go all in and, and order a lot because of the MOQs no. required or you're, you're a little bit, you take no, bets? No, we're lucky because, so yeah, with Chinese suppliers, the MOQs, they're pretty stringent on. And what we found with Chinese suppliers, we can probably, whatever the MOQ is, we can negotiate it down to at least half of that. Mm-hmm. With other suppliers outside of China, we found we can really work with low MOQs as well. So that's another benefit that we like to do and we've got to a point with our current supplier um, our main supplier they um, will even just give us 10 units or 20 units just so we can validate that yeah. that will sell on Amazon and we like, like to just test, test it out with the small units yeah. initially even with zero reviews put some pay-per-click sponsored ads onto it and if we sell some in the first week we know that product will sell well because once we get reviews we fully optimize it, get it ranking for the, all the keywords that we want. We know that it will generate a reliable, well, predictable amount of revenue over over the time. That's a really good strategy. I love that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, just getting back to your first point, it was, yes, we have had some failures. We've walked away from some products. Um, you know, it's not success every product, but you, you're learning each time. And I think over the years, we've managed to now get to a good way of knowing if a product's going to do well or not do well, just but I can look at a product now and just know if it's going to do well or not. Mm. Um, Especially once you're in your own brand, you know, your product line starts to be just laid out for you, really. Yeah, that's it. So, and obviously you've got a, a, a pretty big pipeline. You know, potential. I mean, yeah. Well, that's products. it. I mean, yeah. we've got a hundred products that we've identified. Like, I literally just wrote a business strategy. I think in September this year, where 
I just was like, right, what? This is our objective. This is our vision for what we want mm. to take it. Spoke to our supplier. Said, this is the vision. Can you support us with it? This is the. This is what we'd need from you. Um, you know, they they wanted certain things from us about exclusivity and what have you. Um, but if they can, and then they're saying we'll give you a full production line. So, you know, all of these things, if you can work out a win-win solution for you and them and get some good terms with payment, then say, yeah. you can really set yourself up for success and and make sure that you don't have cash flow issues, inventory issues and things like that. What categories are your, product, your main brand in? Uh, it's in sports and outdoors, which is quite nice. a competitive one, really. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. But, yeah. Is it seasonal? Is it? No, nothing that we really? do is seasonal, no. The other question I had then was around the, um, you mentioned Jungle Scout. Are there any other tools that you guys use apart from Jungle Scout? Um, there's quite a bit of software that we use to help automate everything that we do. So mm-hmm. we like to have a follow-up sequence, even though, um, you know, Amazon's made it a bit more difficult for everyone to opt in. You know, people can opt out of getting marketing emails, we still put that in place because we're also looking at it from a customer service point of view so that we are um, capturing any potential issues very quickly and um, really looking to make people as happy as possible. Customer service is very important to us. And Mm. we also like to get see the opportunity where there is an improvement that we can make to our products and open that lines of communication with our customers so that we can quickly get some feedback and implement that if there's a potential mm. issue, or if we're seeing a consistent defect on a product, we can we can either dispose of inventory, um, get that resolved with our supplier, or um, you know make those improvements to the next set. So we do like yeah. we use Zonmaster for that particular tool um, for following up on um, email. Yeah, on, on the emails, yeah, following up with customers, yeah. getting reviews and um, asking for any issues. Other yeah, tools nice. that I like to use is like like understanding your profit is very important. And I've tried lots of different software for understanding a profit, but the one that I like the most is Hello Profit. Yeah, I use Hello Profit. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I just love their dashboard, love the colors. I yeah. love the way they give all the products below, below it so you can quickly see what's sold, what's not sold. And I like the way that they calculate the profit because um, even tools like Helium 10, for example, uh, tested their profit and they had some errors with the way they were doing sales tax and things like that. More for international sellers probably. Yeah. Um, but I, let them, I gave that feedback to the Helium 10 team. I think they've actually fixed it now. But mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so we tested a few different ones. But Hello Profit, I think for the profit dashboard is great. Um, yeah, Helium 10's got some good tools around um, the listing optimization with Frankenstein and Scribbles. Like yeah. they're good. I try. Okay. I used that a lot when it was in beta. Um, before they've kind of changed the subscription model around mm. a bit more. So it's it's a quite expensive. It's good if you've got if you're properly launched and I think you've got a lot of products already. I would I'd probably recommend Helium 10 as a tool suite. Because you get everything there, a lot of the things are there. Um, but just including freedom it, ticket as well from you know the, the yeah they've now the bundled key. in um, that yeah the freedom ticket so yeah that's a bonus for people. 
just starting, but you've got to sign up for a whole plan and you, you kind do. of don't need the whole plan when you're just starting out. Mm. So yeah, potentially. you don't need to do necessarily, um, you know, refund Genie and all these things. You'll need it eventually, but you don't need it on your first product. No. Um, you know, some of the keyword research is is good on that. Um, mm. But you can get, you can use things like Sonar um, for free um, keyword research, which we, we tell people about the Sonar. Mm. And um, there's a few Chrome extensions as well um, that are helpful for just doing basic product research um, as well. Mm. DS Amazon Quick View is, is one of them off the top of my head that, you can use it's it's free gives you the information so i think some of that actually helium 10s now giving you a similar chrome extension for free as well so that that's pretty mm. good they're, they're literally trying to dominate helium 10 so i think okay. they're doing a good job with it <laughs> mm. yeah all in all i think it's a pretty um, comprehensive and pretty powerful bit of software I, I wouldn't be promoting it if i didn't think it was any good and i didn't it's, use it, it myself. Is, yeah. we also do recommend helium 10 but um mm there's there's other things out there as well just so people can get a choice they don't feel they have to subscribe to a hundred dollar a month a month tool yeah um you mentioned that jasmine does a lot of the copywriting who does all the photography for you guys she does that as well actually oh, wow. yeah she does the photography as well um yeah fantastic and that's one of the things we we looked at outsourcing that but we just get the samples here with everything branded with the packaging everything um, we can take them ourselves. We, we like to think the products are pretty good quality photos. Um, yeah, so we do That's it great. in-house, really. We do, I do have, there was an, another seller that I was closely connected to that started his own business. Um, his business is called Virtuous Graphics. And, oh, um, yes. That's Anthony Co-Francesco. I, I had him on the show, actually, a few well, months ago. Well, it was ago. actually... so. Eric, who was his, Eric founded that business and I don't know how yeah. it happened to go to Anthony, um, but yeah, they were <laughs> business partners, I think. Um, yeah. But Eric was the guy that I know quite well and um, yeah, nice. he was doing that. Cool, cool. Is there anything else that you outsource? Because it sounds like you do a lot of stuff in-house and then with a bit of software. Do you have like a VA or anything Yeah, like that? we have a VA help us with all the operational stuff on Amazon. We have a graphics designer that we use as well. Okay. Um, we kind of used to outsource um, sponsored ads for a while. It's been something that I have always done and specialize in the pay-per-click stuff. Mm. And when I outsourced, I just could never find someone that could do exactly uh, follow the instructions that I wanted or spend the amount of time that I wanted them to do on it. Mm -hmm. um, I've given a few people a go, but yeah. And now there's, there's lots of tools out there for sponsored ads. So, I tried some of them, like Seller.Tools has got one, um, tested their one. I thought it was quite good for a while, but I've gone off it and I've disconnected it and I've gone back mm. to just me manually doing it. Um, I do have some other software that's um, part of someone else offers um, that I now use just to kind of batch stuff up that helps me, um, you know, scale that a bit better. So at the moment, I'm currently still doing sponsored ads. <laughs> myself but with a bit of well, help we just batch <laughs> so you're what are you doing you're downloading batch files or just downloading yeah, files? We, do, we make use of the bulk file up yeah, bulk file, we're it. also okay. able to um change keywords yeah. at scale and right. cut bleeders and things like that mm. 
Um, yeah. Are there any other tips that you've got for PPC? Because that is just such a common question in my world from people. <laughs> yeah. So the biggest tip for pay-per-click is you got to kind of remember when you first launch your product on Amazon, the first 30 days, Amazon is showing your product everywhere. And if you run pay-per-click at the same time that you start, a lot of people might tell you to wait till you got three or five reviews or whatever. And I used to believe that as well until I started testing it with zero reviews and we'd make sales. So it comes down to your product. If you've just got a copycat product, it's generic, it's the same as everyone else's, but you've changed the color or you've added something, bundled it with something that really the person may or may not really want, um, then you might struggle with doing that approach. But if you've got a, a definitely improved product that people can see that's maybe better mm -hmm. than something else that's on the page, um, you, you can run pay-per-click with zero reviews and you can make sales. And within that first 30 days, it's critical to probably get all of your campaigns set up because what Amazon does over time is that those legacy pay-per-click campaigns always get more visibility than anything that you'll start six months later, 12 months later, two years later on the same product. Interesting. So it's vital that you kind of set out your pay-per-click campaigns correctly in that first month so you structure it so you've got like an auto campaign. And what we try to do is we run um, one campaign per SKU. So we, mm. we don't um, um, just have one campaign per, per yeah. product and have, and have yeah. like exact phrase and broad all under one campaign. We split everything out to an exact match campaign, a phrase match campaign, broad match campaign independently for each SKU for each variation as well. Yeah. Hey, Jason. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you, so yeah. you need to, that's why you then need to get familiar with the bulk file uploads. Yes. <laughs> I can see it that. could be massive. Like you got, yeah. I don't know, 500 campaigns that are running. Um, yeah. But then you just have to, you're just doing everything at scale using Excel sheets mm. and things like that. So you can then, You'll then, but that first 30 days, I guess, is my biggest tip for some people that wait and think, oh, I'll just see how it goes. I might switch on an auto only. I mean, yeah, definitely switch on the auto campaign and, and look at the data. The key thing is also look at the data, download the advertising report, see what Amazon's giving you visibility for and make sure that your listing is correctly optimized for the right keywords that you want so that Amazon's showing you for those keywords. Mm. Um, but we also would run an exact match, a phrase match, because we've done keyword research. We know what keywords we want to show up and at mm. least, you know, get a list of 20 or so keywords in each of those um, early on. You know, get the auto set up first, then get the exact phrase and broad set up maybe soon after. Hopefully you've got one review. Make sure you sign up for the early reviewer program where yes. Amazon will get you your first five reviews. And, you know, they'll continue to do that even though you'll get reviews, they'll get you five and you might get some others. Um, yeah, so mm. that's, that's our approach initially with, with that kind of thing. Do you run any promotions or anything like that, any kind of discounted offers to any kind of list or, you know, Facebook yeah, so advertising? A key thing, so one of the things that we do is we put an insert card in all of our products and something that's worked really well for us is we offer a warranty and we ask people to register for their product on our own website. So mm -hmm. 
what we try to do there is we're, we're essentially trying to get Amazon's customers to be our customers because at the end of the day, they bought our product and um, encourage them to visit our own, our own website mm. where we can then capture email addresses and therefore for the next products that we, we launch, which generally are complementary to an existing product in some way or another because they're all relatable, um, we'll then send out some offers or some early access to products on Amazon mm-hmm. um, to obviously generate those sales quickly um, and we might offer some discounts as, as, an, as part of that. Or what we tend to do is we'll price it quite low when we're first starting out. We'll price it potentially right. even at break-even price point just to really get that momentum going. And then we'll inch our prices up over that first month or so to a, a position where we're happy to Target. get the margins that we're after. Yeah, really good tip. I love the insert card stuff and I think that's really the, if it hasn't been already, it's kind of the future uh, in terms of, yeah, acquiring Amazon's customers to become our own. Um, yeah, well, at the end of the day, they own that relationship, which is do. fine. It's their platform and everything like that. But you want to be a bit creative and try to think how can we get those customers to visit our website so, you know, we use that as an incentive. Other people might give downloads where you have to go to your website and, and put in your email address to get the download, things like that. That would also work. You can even do QR codes. A lot of uh, Chinese sellers might do that. Um, yeah. and, and then you might find that that can then take them to um, a website landing page or even capture like their Facebook um, messenger, you know, the whole that's that's the future is getting people on to like um, Messenger and probably yeah, directly into a flow. like that rather than email. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is, yeah, email's sort of slowly fading away. Um, Chatbots <laughs> and messenger bots and yeah, all that stuff. It seems to be the kind of the future now these days, isn't it? In well, fact, it's not even the future it is now. If you want to stay up to date, you need to be looking at that, the yeah. bots and understanding yeah. how you can start building out your flows. And, and there's even things there that you can do with customer service to let people put in the order numbers, give them delivery dates and things like that, which can then potentially free up your customer agent a bit more on some of the mundane questions. Mm. Last question, exit. Do you have a plan for an exit after this 100 products on Amazon in 2022? <laughs> we did, we've always had this, yeah, we've always had this plan that we wanted to get it to a million bucks and then sell it. Um, but I think 100 products, it should be worth more than that. So um, I always look at Empire Flippers, which is a place mm. that sells different Amazon businesses and seeing what products uh, businesses go for there. Um, and just to realize what what potential that you can make from selling, building up a proper brand and building up a proper business. You know, obviously you don't want to probably just stay with Amazon. You want to try and build out your brand to other sales channels. Amazon's a great place to start. That's what we we want to, we tell everyone to start on Amazon, but build it out so that you have your own website, you build up your own customer base because a business without any customers essentially isn't a business at all. So you want to be focusing on getting that customer list, whether it's email, messenger bot, what have you, um, to um, getting that up there. So, yeah, I mean, I think 100 products, then we'll exit. I think 2022, we'll try and see if we've achieved that 100 products. And then if not, 
well if not we'll probably hopefully we will do uh, it's achievable it's an achievable target um and then we sell we sell it and then we go again you know Mm. we've had a baby we're probably looking the baby niche so (laughs) (laughs) that's such a common thing there's so many young mums that are in there selling in the baby niche yeah Yeah. they all want to sell i don't know bibs and I don't know. Yeah, all that stuff. I probably wouldn't Baby sell bibs, but uh, yeah. No, I was just kidding. Please don't sell bibs on Amazon. Please just no. don't do that if anybody's listening. Yeah, uh, we can, but just make sure that they are visually differentiated in such an amazing way that people just go, oh, that's self-cleaning bibs seen. or something that's like that. It. That would yeah. be great. Wouldn't it just? <laughs> they'd throw themselves into the washing machine <laughs> <laughs> and then dry themselves and then fold themselves and, and throw themselves back on the baby uh, neck. Yep. Anyway, enough about that. I'm just going off to some weird-ass tangent right there. Um, hey, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. Is there, is there any way that we can reach you? How can we get in touch with you if we wanted to? Yeah, so we have our own website where we help other Amazon sellers get started. It's called startupshift.com. Um, there's also the meetup group that you, you spoke about earlier. So at the top of the show, meetup.com. Yep, that's the uh, Amazon FBA seller and e commerce meetup group. Yes, and we used to run that out of Docklands. We've now moved down to the peninsula. So we're going to be setting up some new meetups in the new year. Um, for they're totally free no set no hard sell on any of those we're just giving away information what we're doing what's working what's not working so come along to those look out for some webinars that we might be doing we'll sign up to startup shift email and we'll keep you up to date with what's going on in our world brilliant thank you so much again for coming on the show some great tips in there today for everybody that's been listening and uh yeah i'm looking forward to wandering along to your next meetup through Startup Shift and the Amazon FBA Seller and E-Commerce Meetup Group down there in the peninsula. Thanks again, Stephen. Great stuff. Thanks. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.